0: she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aye, She's ready to go to the stars. is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Its mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I
1: Captain. it. And now, our
0: host. This is Bruce. This is John. And
2: this is Trav. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of finding a strange little artifact that couldn't hurt a
0: fly. Oh, yeah. I'm using the hand of Vigna as a back scratcher. Oh. oh, what what's the harm that opening a little book can do?
2: Or those little puzzle box. Yeah. Everybody knows how to solve those things.
0: Yeah. Oh, what a nice little prank. Ooh, this book is cover- this book is covered in, in human leather.
2: <laughs> Welcome to the Tritech Games podcast. This week we are continuing our ongoing series of creating the perfect magic system. And this week we're going to be talking about artifacts and magic books. So starting off with artifacts
1: uh Trab, what is an artifact? An artifact is a magical item. Usually made by either, well, we'll use the role-playing terminology, either epic-level characters or straight-out deities. Uh, they often have a multitude of powers and abilities, and they're usually very hard to destroy, but if you can destroy them, it's through a very unique set of circumstances.
0: Okay. And te- technically, they're one-of-a-kind
1: yeah,
2: generally speaking, artifacts would be one of a kind, right? Yeah. Well, so let me let me uh, rephrase the question then, okay? And, and nothing wrong with what you said, Trav, but okay. why would anybody want an artifact, John?
0: Hmm. Things like a deck of many things, because, you know, that's it's fun to play with sometimes. But also, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and dangerous, too.
1: It's just a shame, John, that jo- that Pixie could not be here tonight because her character, she had a Kender character who apparently got a hold of a deck of many things.
2: Everybody's gotten a hold of a deck of many things one time or another.
1: Yeah, yeah but yeah. I see the look on her face and I, I sense that the young lady has a story to tell. Uh, anyway.
2: <laughs> you talked a lot about the deck of many things in... Uh, Uh, in the Second World uh, podcast we did not too long ago.
1: Yes, because one of the NPCs, Lord Jones Hamilton, allows you to draw from the deck for a price. Mm -hmm. And we're talking you pay it before you draw, not the price you pay after you draw it.
0: One of the things is, well, some artifacts can give you, well, power. You know, I mean you you know, the hand of we make fun of the hand of Vecna, but the hand of Vecna has some very specific powers that you can use and tap into if you as long as you can avoid the downside of having the hand of Vecna.
2: Well, okay. So it, it, it it's it's kind of like it provides a collection of things that are that you might really want. Is that what you're trying to say, John?
0: Yeah, a collection of various powers and abilities.
2: It can also be something that provides a singular uh, power that you can't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. That you can't learn in a spell, or you can't, um, you know, that no deity will grant it to you. It's but if you have this one artifact, then you know that you'll have it. And and a lot of these things have a lot of lore behind them. Okay, so there's a certain amount of prestige for having an artifact if you let people know that you have it, right?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone knows you
0: have to hand the vector.
1: Bragging rights, <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: So I guess we need to basically talk about what things are artifacts, okay, before we start talking about what they do for you, all right? Uh, so, for example, is the is Excalibur an artifact? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, so there seems to be some consensus there, okay?
0: There's only one Excalibur.
2: (laughs) Well, just because you name a sword doesn't mean there can't be another sword that has... Oh, that's true.
0: Oh, wait a second. No, take that back. Excalibur is not the sword from the Lady of the Lake. Because everyone confuses the two. They are, in fact, two different swords.
2: Really? I always thought they were the same.
0: No, the Lady of the Lake gave, gave Arthur a sword. Because uh, I, I did a whole, a whole, a whole semester of Arthurian le- legends. Basically, everyone's conflated Excalibur with the sword from the Lady of the Lake. Excalibur is, a, is, a, I believe, is a different sword than they sort of got conflated along the way and became the same sword. So, yeah, depending on which where you where you are in the Arthurian legends. It's it's the same it's the same sort of the the late as the Lady of the Lake sword and others it's the, it's a different sword, so it, it, it's all over the, you know like most legends uh, the farther back you go the the harder it is to nail it down it's like nailing jelly yeah
2: right well I thought the point of Excalibur you know primarily was it was his his badge of divine authority to be the king of England.
1: Whoever shall pull up the sword from the stone shall be once and future king nope. I believe.
0: Different sword. Again, okay. different sword.
1: <laughs> so we have three
2: different swords? Yeah. No wonder they got conflated. <laughs> it's much more convenient if they're the same sword, John.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the sword in the stone was was from his, uh, I have to use the word stepfather because it wasn't his father. From his, you know, uh, from his stepfather.
2: You're talking about Uther?
0: Yeah, Uther Pendragon. Yeah, it was his father. Right, yeah, okay. And, and then Merlin, and then depending on who you're reading, Merlin enchants it so no one can pull it, or someone else enchants it uh, or God enchants it. or basically it's
2: okay, we, we don't want to go into a history lesson about the swords, John.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah, scalper and his scabbard because the scabbard also has got powers.
2: Right, right. That's in the deities and demigods book in, uh, before they you know, you know back in, in first edition A, D and D, they talked about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have <laughs> you ever read the comic series Camelot 3000? Oh, yes. Love that movie. Oh, yeah. You know that Arthur holding that sword can cut the wing off of an attack fighter.
1: Oh, yeah. yes. And, I have that graphic novel collection. Yes. Uh, or no, yeah. trade paperback.
2: Or, it's funny because I, I had to wait years to get each individual uh, F, F, F issue as they came out, Trev.
0: Yeah, or or he can. He, I think I don't remember. Could he s- actually split atoms with it too?
2: I doubt it. He didn't know what
1: an atom was. This is three
0: thousand, yeah. so he would know what. An atom was.
1: Well, no, it was it was well. John, John have you ever read that series? Yes, the three thousand. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's it pretty, was it, it pretty much. It, it was a retelling of the of Arthurian legend. Um, but it was it was Arthur. It's the rest of the knights and Guinevere that were reincarnations. But it was mm-hmm. Arthur himself risen from Glastonbury Tor because of an alien invasion. I don't think yeah, that yeah. I don't think it, Adams could be split. I would say that Excalibur, if it could cut the wing off an attack fighter, at the very least, I'd say it'd be something along the lines of well, the magical equivalent of a monofilament blade.
0: Yeah, basically, it, it's the it's a sword you just hold out and you drop a leaf, and it parts as it goes over the sword. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that.
2: <laughs> well, maybe, or maybe it just means that he who wields it will not yield. Yeah. The high tensile steel of the airplane will fold and buckle before the sword before Arthur gets knocked off his feet.
1: And I'm seeing kind of like how um, in Captain America Civil War, how vision increases density. And when the bus came at him, it just, as it hit him, it just split in two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha.
0: Yeah. And the scabbard basically prevents you from dying from your injuries. You're still injured. And as long as you're wearing a scabbard, you're not going to bleed. But you're still cut to pieces.
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. It's, it's, it stops bleeding. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You won't bleed out. <laughs> Which is good considering how bad off some of these characters are okay but that's just that's just an example of something that's like you mentioned the hand of vecna which all the d and d players of course know about you know, but doesn't have any any other kind of thing outside of that
0: there's the the ring the one ring everyone knows that the one
2: ring from war of the rings yeah but it it actually i mean it was an artifact but it was it was i mean it it had a specific function
0: yes control um Invisible yes, control.
2: And yeah, and everybody who had it, everybody else, wa- you know, ba- it, actually, it was a curse to everybody who had it. <laughs> there was only there was only one true wielder of that ring, <laughs>
0: and they didn't want him to have it because basically, it, you know, it, he literally put himself in that ring, which is why corrupted corrupted everyone who touched it.
2: <laughs> right. The only one who actually seriously. T- talked about what it would be like if, if they used the ring was, uh, uh, glad when she, she, you know, I will be, uh, you know, I, I would wear it only for good reasons, <laughs> you know, beautiful, you know, look upon my beauty and despair. Oh, it was a great scene. She, she basically would have become him.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, he, well, he got he, uh, basically comparing that scene with the sa- exact same scene from the Ralph Bash- Bashki movie. The live action was much better.
2: <laughs> I don't, I don't remember that scene from the
0: Ralph. I, I actually went and watched it before I went and saw Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Anywho,
2: right? Okay. Now there was another, uh, there was another series that kind of had the same kind of concept. Did any of you guys read? Uh, I'm sorry, read. Did you guys ever watch The Room? I think it was called.
0: The Room?
2: It, it was a series about this kind of, uh, this this special mystical room that was part of a, um, that was in a, a motel, and it would move from motel to motel.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you opened
2: the door to it, there were objects inside the room, and if you went in and took the objects out, they would confer special powers to the people who had them. I mean, I mean, and nothing—it didn't relate anything to what they looked like. Like, for example, the comb—I think lets you teleport, and uh, you know—and and there was all these different things, and people were, you know, trying to, you know, amass them or whatever. And of course, the worst thing that could ever happen would be for you to close the door while you were in the room, because then uh, you basically got
0: destroyed. Let's see that was it. Yeah, there is. Yeah, here we go. The room I'm looking up and there's also the lost. Oh, the, you mean the lost room?
2: Yes, the lost
0: room. Yeah, because there's also a, a series called the room, which is a different thing. It's a it's a, it's a rom dram.
2: Well, obviously, I'm not talking about that. So an, an object that's an artifact can also have powers that have nothing to do with its appearance as for as for example the um you know the the, the the chalice of christ okay the grail all right it's a cup you drink out of it okay nothing about that should confer the idea of healing you know massive injuries but that ability has been associated with it yeah you know? That you know, if you drink out of the cup of Christ, then your all your injuries will be will be healed. And of course, that's why they they went on. Uh, they sent the quest to do that was because of Arthur's injuries. So a lot of times, an artifact doesn't look like whatever it is that it does.
1: Oh, I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. one movie, and relatively recent. It was like Urban Fantasy. I'm not. I don't think it was a Hel- one of the Hellboy movies, but it was something where. The spearhead of Longinus, as in the spear, well, for for those out there, the spear of Longinus, it was the spear that Longinus, the Roman soldier, stabbed Christ in the side with as he was hung on the cross to to kill him. And because the, the lore behind this artifact is that because it was used to kill Christ, it had sort of a dark power. It was considered an evil artifact. And the movie was where I guess this guy found it hidden in some pit And it was wrapped in a Nazi flag Do you remember what movie? I'm blanking on the movie Oh, well, the movie itself was uh, was
2: Demon Knight
1: No, I've never I would have remembered With Billy Zane No, I've never seen that
2: Yeah Yes, it was Hmm it was, it, it was either that one Or it was the one that followed But the one that
1: followed Had to do with vampires So I'm pretty sure it was that one But I remember that while you hold, held the, the head of the spear, I mean, this guy's walking through Mexico and cows are dropping left, right, and center. He gets hit by a car. The car bends around him because it's going at 70 miles an hour. I mean, just, yeah, it confers power upon you, but it's considered an evil artifact because originally it was used to kill Christ.
2: Right, which, of course, which, by the way, it wasn't. What, the spear? Yeah, it, it was stuck in his side, and uh, and blood and water came out separately, indicating that he was already dead, and his blood had 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 congealed after death. Ah, uh-huh. so he it wasn't used to kill Christ, but I know in the movie they said that, so you know you just go with it. It's always good if your it's always good if your lore actually matches the source material.
1: Yeah, well, I I always had seen in in regards to the spirit of Longinus that it was. That, that that while he was hanging there and still alive longinus came up with a spear and stabbed him i believe in the in the left side i believe
2: i don't know it was one side
1: but yeah where and to you know try to speed him on his way to death you know
2: right but that that wasn't you know it, it didn't he was already dead at the time and the fact that you putting christ's blood on anything could be used as you know uh, as a reason for something to have artifact powers yeah, this is the this is the blood of God.
1: Yeah, there there's a yeah. uh, it's for D twenty modern. It's from RPG objects called blood and relics, and it's sort of a low level magic, uh, secret society, urban fantasy type game. And they have a list of a lot of what would be considered artifacts, including the shards of Excalibur, the spear Longinus, shards of the cross. Basically, this 2,000-year-old pieces of the cross that Christ was hung on. If you have, like, maybe this two-foot-long shard of wood, it confers bonuses to you, like, for saving throws and stuff. And then you have a whole list of these modern-day artifacts. Um, Urban Arcana has another list of, including Caesar's shield and the Codex Hammer. Just all of these things that either were... Given power when they were created, or due to magical energy, somehow gained magical power. And for all intents and purposes, they were that they were considered artifacts. Yeah.
2: right. And sometimes, if they were at the ground zero of some major event, they would somehow sometimes be conferred with certain abilities too. Yeah, I I, I don't have any examples of that, but I know I've read that in certain like fantasy novels
0: yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah and you know then of course it's the ever favorite arc of the covenant
2: oh yeah right aaron's aaron's uh staff that budded
0: oh and i think so there was there was a uh and the horn used to blow down the walls of uh, jericho storm. the horn of
1: jericho right. Yeah,
0: yeah Right. yes yeah and not a non-religious one, of course, are the Infinity Stones or Infinity Gems, if you remember the comic books. Yeah, book, but to be considered which, artifacts,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, and I would consider them magic artifacts, because the way they're used and how they behave, it's they magic.
2: well be magic. Well, they certainly don't follow any laws of physics as we know
1: them. Well, right, yeah.
0: And and technically, they, they're not out of this universe. They're from the previous universe. According to Marvel law lore, of course, where of course where it differs, they ret- they written them so many times.
2: I know that's why I'm laughing about that. <laughs> it says yeah, whatever, you know. Okay, so they're they're you know they're very un- usually they're unusual items. A lot of times they don't match what their functions are. Um, they usually have a lot of lore surrounding them and it's one of the ways that you can identify them because otherwise they tend to not be very uh descript. Okay. They tend to be fairly ordinary looking. Um as you know and they and they confer to the person um you know usually a you know a a, a benefit of some kind. Uh because otherwise why would you have it? What are the benefits of, of having you know a, a, a an artifact? Well, John, you should know this off of the old uh, uh, tri-tech system. What was the benefit of having a, a, an artifact in the tri-tech system?
0: Oh gosh! Oh, uh. that, oh, uh, power as as in WKP. Kind could of. More,
2: I know it was kind of the reverse. <coughs> they're, they're, you're you're right. I mean, some of them were massive storage storage batteries of WKP or WKM.
0: Yes. Okay, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I'm trying to remember, oh, it's been, it's been a okay, it's been a while since I've...
2: All right, I, I don't want to st- put you on the spot, John.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> if you
2: used it, it would, uh, they would, uh, they would reduce the cost by either an eighth or a twelfth of what the normal casting cost was for a spell.
0: And I think they were tuned to specific spells as well, if, I'm correct, if wow, I right. vaguely remember correctly. So, yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. So, you know, spells that were normally way outside your ability to cast because you had no way going to have that that level of WKM or P, okay, suddenly you can cast them because you've got them. Yep. You got this artifact. So- in game systems where you have um, um, casting difficulty associated with the, dif- the, the the level or the power that's associated with a spell, it would reduce that as well. So things that were normally not, you wouldn't be able to cast, now you can cast them because you've got this artifact.
0: Yeah, it, it, so they either impart a bonus which get, lets you cast it, or they reduces the difficulty of casting it. So depends on the system. Some, you know, some like Savage it would be a bonus for like uh, D20 or OGL. It probably would be a reducing of the difficult of the uh, of the DC for that uh, for that roll.
2: Right, and of course they could also provide you with lots and lots of points to use for casting those particular uh, spell effects.
1: Guys, I think for OGL, they would also, like, increase your caster level. Like, let's say you have mm. this artifact that works, against, works for fire spells. If you cast any spell with the fire descriptor, it'll add, like, oh, plus five caster levels or plus ten. So the range, the duration, the damage are all that much more powerful because this artifact is keyed towards spells of that descriptor. Let's say, for example, like, Oh, you have the Axe of the Frost giant Jarl. If you cast colder water spells, you get ten caster levels worth of power whenever you cast it. it's considered plus mm. ten CL. You know, something like that.
0: Yeah. Now it doesn't let you cast spells you can't know because you're not the level yet, but it- uh, that's not necessarily true. Oh you're right. Yeah, you're right. If you that's true. Thinking in the Hand of Ven- Vecna there, aren't I?
2: <laughs> there's Hand of Vecna, or, uh, I mean, you know, d d there's a lot of artifacts that just having them lets you cast spells. You know, as if you were a caster of X level. Yeah. You know, but also your favorite movie, Dragon Slayer. The uh, Apprentice was really pretty pathetic. He couldn't really do anything. But once he got his hands on that talisman, all of a sudden he was doing all kinds of stuff.
0: He is able to get the basically, I would say, get nuclear fusion level heat to to, to forge a blade that would pierce dragon hide.
2: <laughs> right. So he could do stuff that he never would have been able to do before, you know, and you know, and and then a lot of times you don't even have to be a spellcaster to be able to to do this. Just having these artifacts allows you to do certain things that you otherwise wouldn't be able to
0: do. Like Sasha, we talked about her before from uh, Myth Myth Adventures. And her all her little magic gizmos, which is a totally different thing altogether, but yeah, she, Basha. No, Ma, it's with a name. Masha, 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 yeah, that's right, Masha.
2: She's a, she's a, a mechanic. She basically has all of her magic comes from items. Mm-hmm. But until she starts actually becoming skive's apprentice and trying to learn it the right way.
0: You know, for every great benefit, there's a price to pay <laughs> for that. You know, yes, you can go invisible. You can control the ring race with with one ring. You don't like what happens to you as as you go along. Just ask a certain old, old, old hobbit by name of Smeagol.
2: (laughs) Well, maybe. I mean, but also it doesn't have to be that way. It could be really, really beneficial. And because it's really, really beneficial, everybody wants to take it from you.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, if everybody knows that you have the one ring, I mean, not even everybody. They're just like, with (laughs) Bilbo and them, they just had to worry about the Nazgul coming around and, you know, lurking around um, the town. Bree and all that. Yeah, so I mean, it may not be everybody. It could be just like those who want the artifact backer coming in and, you know, they're killing people left, right, and center for getting their way, trying to get to you.
0: The thing is, if I remember correctly from at least from original D anD D, not a single artifact didn't have at least one downside to them.
2: I mean, I remember things like you know, you everywhere you know, plants within a ten foot radius would wither around you, or you you know, or you had like you know, a a terminal flatulence.
1: Well, no, the thing is, like that, the eye and or the hand of Vecna. (laughs) If you had, I think one of them. Well, I know if you had both of them, you became neutral evil. Boom. End of discussion. Your alignment permanently changed because you had the yep. eye and the hand of a demigod magically grafted to you. Wow. So, yeah, there is Demi- that. Demi-
0: demigod Lich. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's yeah. later later editions. It, all sorts of by-parts of Venka showed up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I mean, sometimes people try to, with their artifacts, they try to say, well, with great power comes great. Screw you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know any other way of putting it, you know. It's like, yes, I have this great power, but then I've got this thing I got to deal with. I, I mean, vampirism in a, in a long, if, you know, if vampirism was conferred by an object, that would be a pretty good example because yes, I live forever. Yes, I have the ability to fly and transform into animals. Yes, I have the ability to beguile people with a gaze, okay? But yeah, okay, my entire diet is sucking blood. Okay. Uh, if sunlight hits me, I turn into a, you know, in, in, into a, a crisp. You
0: know, it's, I can't cross moving water. I can't go in unless someone invites me in of my own free will. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Oh, there was a really,
2: uh, this is an aside, and I know I hate people doing this, but they actually had a really good one on Facebook, uh, or not Facebook, but Pinterest, where they said that the common way for vampires to get into a house is you'd come up to the front door and like, like you were selling something or you're trying to, or, or somehow trying to, to to tell somebody about something, and then at some point, you know, you drop something, okay, and then the person would pick it up and hand it to you, and you'd say thank you, and the and the and the and the, and the homeowner would say you're welcome. Oh, oh. <laughs> you're in through the door.
0: Uh, it, it's the intent.
2: But the millennials these days, they go cool, dude, <laughs> and you're like, no, it's not the worst.
0: <laughs> yeah, they have a different phrase. You look in the mirror. You don't know what your hair looks like.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. You you know you have to have basically. It, it takes it takes two vampires to get dressed properly because they have to put each other's makeup on.
0: Renfield, well trained Renfield, yes.
2: Renfield, Igor, whatever, yeah.
0: Or these days, as I say, a good mylar mirror, because it's silvered mirrors you can't see yourself in. <laughs>
2: They were all silver mirrors in those days. You know? <laughs> Sometimes artifacts have downsides, you know, uh, that are actually part of it. You use it, there's going to be a cost. Okay, uh, it may be social. It may be your, uh, you know, your, yourself costly in danger. It may be some uh, arcane weird thing that just slowly destroys you, or it destroys everybody around you. You know, just and and, and the one ring was very much like. that.
0: Oh, you just get paranoid. Everyone's coming to get it.
2: Well, yeah, you can go crazy. Lots of artifacts make you crazy. You know, if you think about how they're used. Okay, so, um, all right. So, but one of so we talked about some of the things that they do. All right, and um, so they they have pow. Some of them have powers that they grant the user. Some of them uh, make, uh, if, if, you know, make you, if you have psionic powers or you have uh, magical powers, they make them easier to cast, more powerful, enhance them in some way. You know, all of your spells now become fire spells or cold spells. I mean, they, you know, they, 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 they basically act as a boost, a huge boost to your ability to, ca- to, to cast magical or, or arcane effects.
0: Or they have spells built into them.
2: Sometimes they work for people who are not spellcasters, all right? But what else can they do? A lot of these uh, artifacts actually provide knowledge.
0: Oh, planeteers. Those, there are a limited number of them, and they're artifacts, but they allow you to see places and also see and look at, look on Sauron as well. They were communications device. That's a form of knowledge, and no one can make planters e- e- ever again afterwards. So they are a form of getting knowledge. Unfortunately, the knowledge was the wrong direction.
2: But sometimes they actually are like a repository of knowledge. By you having this object, you now know certain things. You know You may know history. You know, you may know, you know the history of the object itself and the people that touched it and all those things. Or it may be just it grants you like, a knowledge of uh, physics. You know, maybe you understand the basic underpinnings of the universe and you can now do things, you, you know, that nobody else could do because, well, like the doctor. You know, how the doctor always seems to be able to take a couple pieces of wire and turn it into, a, you know, a,
1: a, an anti-death ray, you know. Like I mentioned earlier, the Codex Hammer, how they have it listed in um, D20 Modern's Urban Arcana. If you read it cover to cover, you gain, like, a permanent bonus to, like, knowledge history, knowledge arcana, knowledge religion, and I want to say knowledge engineering. But you have to read all of these books from beginning to end and spend, like, a certain amount of time. And then once you do, yeah, you get these permanent bonuses because you've read all of this information on all these subjects. So yeah, yeah. it doesn't knowledge. You just have to go through and, you
0: know, yeah. I'm also thinking of the time portal from star Trek, the original series. It provided knowledge, the, the past, and you just had to ask it to show the appropriate thing and then feed from the fire hose.
2: Right. I mean, not only did, did you provide a gateway to some place, he could actually just tell you about things, too. Because Spock was able to record the entire passage of history as it was flashing across the display, and then later on use it.
0: And it looks like the portal was showing, I would say, uh, important flex points in history. So it wasn't just showing everything. So you didn't know what, what Martha was baking that day in nineteen forty 1940, in 1941. But it was showing what the flex points were. More or less,
2: but it also showed things like newspaper headlines and articles.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: you know something that you wouldn't normally expect to just you know something to throw up on a screen like that. So yeah, but that's that's all you know television magic there. You know, it can provide knowledge. It can provide very specific knowledge that you might be looking for that you might not be able to find anywhere else. Like for example, um, you know, some people have said that maybe there was more than just ten commandments. They did a joke with that, the history of the world, and Mel Brooks. You know, I bring you these 15 crunch 10 commandments.
1: 10 commandments, yeah.
0: Well, there's a story behind that because technically they're right. Uh, the, the, the they didn't really number them until oh, way later. And someone says there may be as many as 20 commandments, it's just depends on how you want to parse them and what you want to include as commandments.
1: Well, we know so, what number 11 was if you watch Reno Williams, that's right. What's Raymond Williams, thou shalt not get away with it. That that was the <laughs> 11th commandment that woke the formerly emperor. I always,
0: what? I always love when I hear people say, "Yeah, we were up, we were up in the balcony breaking all 10 commandments and going." So you were what? So you were coveting your
1: your your neighbor's wife? You were worshiping false <laughs> idols? Or, yeah. I think. No, I just say whenever <laughs> I talk to people of a religious bent. I'll look at them and say I've broken a commandment or three in my day. Yeah,
2: yeah. Everybody has. That's the point. Well, you know. yeah, yeah. The the point of the Ten Commandments was to let people know the what was right and what was wrong, so they'd know when they were doing wrong things. And and Bruce, I like
1: the other phrase I have, yeah, the Ten Commandments are written in stone. Everything else is negotiable.
0: <laughs> we have a game. TriTech has a game that's all about a one big artifact, fringe worthy.
1: Well, that is true. We never, well, we the Infinity Stones. That it's not a an artifact. Need not necessarily be magical in nature.
0: Yeah, yeah, and also, you know, in, in, in that vein, all, either the bracelets or the beads are they give you information. They give you a language, or at least be able to understand a language.
2: I I would say that the you know the the though you may be technically correct, John, it's not falling in the spirit of what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And
2: we are talking primarily about magic here, anyways. We're talking about a magic system. So
0: in that case, we talk about the Ashami, which is which exists in the in the Bureau Thirteen universe. Who says that their that their fast that their really good faster light drive, isn't just basically just you uh, not high tech but high wizardry?
2: I'm not saying it isn't. And here am I. <laughs> I mean, consider, considering that you've got those white boxes and they're they're basically boxes filled with goop. You don't
1: know what's in the white boxes. It was the the second level black boxes that the Bazelle made that had the black goop. The white yeah. boxes couldn't even open.
2: Right. Well, okay. Yeah, let's we'll we'll refer to the black boxes. The point was is that they're filled with goop and they can configure themselves to be what you need them to be. But I'm just saying is that only the uh, the Grell engineers could figure out how to properly maintain them. You know, so you always had to have a couple Grell engineers on your ship because it was just you know it's the same way as it if you want to go with FTL the Kralvins, come on. <laughs> we're basically talking, you know, um,
0: oracles.
2: T- uh, techno Yeah.
0: They're Vorlons, but with a sense of humor.
2: Yeah, basically
0: with a sense of humor,
2: they're friendly Daleks. I, I,
0: I always uh. say the one you picture you see is of a very specific crelvan, because as Richard said, they really don't give a dang anymore. So that one picture you see, it's just the one Kelvin who sat for the picture. Krelvins can look whatever they want to, because it yeah. does say in the description they can take on other people's forms for fun.
2: Yeah, they're very, they're very mercurial.
0: So that person you're talking to may be a Krelvin. You just don't, don't know it. <laughs> Anywho, I'm trying to, i actually trying to remember, um, because I'm not, I don't want to get into point nine, because there's some very things that actually hit on this point, and I think we see that for point nine, the, the magic books. All
2: right. Well, let's stay back with with the artifacts, okay? All right. One of the things that um, on number D, they can act as a gate, okay? A lot a lot of artifacts, you know, um, uh, crystals especially. It's like you hold it and you you know, and, and suddenly there's a big glow and you're somewhere else, okay? Sometimes you're you know you're sent and and the and the artifact stays behind. And you don't you don't get to take it with you, which means you got to find another one, or you're never coming back. But I mean, that is a function of some artifacts is to provide um, a, a linkage between two different places.
0: Oh, I can actually think of one right off the top of my head: mm. the uh, the slippers from Wizard of Oz, Ruby or or the white ones that were in the book. Either one. They basically you click your heels together and you and you go to where you where you want to go.
2: So that's true. That's true. You had the ability to go home all this time.
0: Mm-hmm. And she lost her slippers on the way back home. Anyway, <laughs> she did. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, it, it, that, you know, I always say if you were to do this again, make sure you put the slippers on really nice and tight so they don't fall off next time. Anyway.
2: <laughs> Nothing says you can't go and, you know, tie a, tie a shoelace around the bottom to the top.
0: Or, or go find a person who made them. And say, now, can you make me a pair of ruby jack boots? They ain't coming off.
2: <laughs> calf eyes. Yeah. Slippers. They're those are a little bit tenuous.
0: I'm also thinking of things like, um, the movie *Crawl*. about the glaive. You know, I'm talking of the the fortress which kept moving. It would teleport. yeah teleport to a new locations. So that one, you know. every morning it was at a different location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when that uh, Gary guy guy's called the movie with the rocket propelled sword.
2: No, no, that's another. One. Oh, okay. The glaive is the. Uh, that's the one that had the glaive, the spinning, you know, uh, bladed weapon. The one you're talking about, I think, is was the sorcerer something. Anyways, yeah, and it had like a tri-blade. and Oh, yes, the tri-blade. And the two of them could fire off, leaving the one blade in the center.
0: Yeah, and it's about as effective as you think it would be, too.
2: <laughs> well, I think it would be very effective if you used it initially yeah. properly, and then you came in with the the, the the middle sword for the rest of it. That thing was ungainly. It has a nice guard at the bottom, which was where the other two swords were seated.
0: Yeah, that thing was ungainly.
2: Of course it was, because you're supposed to fire the stuff off um, immediately and then use the middle sword for the rest.
0: And it's very obvious that the two armor blades are made out out of paper and foil.
2: It was a move. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah.
2: I'm sure. It, I'm sure. If it was in the book, it would have been much more impressive.
0: I'm trying to think of artifacts that you have to, to like assemble, and they got to be assembled at a certain point in time, and then they open up. Because that's, that's a common trope. You need to get the five crystals. You need to get the, the the Dragon Balls. You need to get the five crystals, and then you need to go to this spot.
2: Is not that common in the uh, whole um, Cthulian stuff? Yes
0: yeah you need to be in the right location to do the proper rituals with the proper sacrifices and it, when the stars are right you know yeah. or you just go hester 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 but you know <laughs> either one either one works
2: uh. right right okay um so what I'm just saying is that sometimes what they're for is actually to transport you to another location. They don't actually have any powers. They basically open up a realm.
0: Oh, you know, the the oh, armoire. Narnia. Narnia, yes, yes. Or the other methods they use to get there because it wasn't just the armoire.
2: That's the only one I know about.
0: Because I think there's the one where they're... have only seen the movies. Yeah, I've, I've read several of the books and they actually have other methods of getting there, but they all basically are yeah the v- v- version of going into a closet and coming out someplace else. yeah
2: but that's a that's a good example where you go in through one side, you come out the other and you're someplace you know totally
0: unexpected. yeah and it's not to be confused with like fairy rings, which actually are quite common really when you think about it.
2: The magic chalk remember the
0: magic chalk? you could draw a door anywhere? I use that. For, I use that from, yeah, if you listen to the, my actual play podcast, yeah, everyone got a magic chalk to draw a door to go to the, go to the, with, go to training.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, in Nick Pilata's novels, he had a bunch of stuff like that. He had that one necklace that it, it would burn out anybody who was a Psy, but if you didn't have Psy powers, then it would give you Psy powers. And where it ter- turns out to be super powerful was one of the characters. In the, was in the party Had lost her psi powers
1: The amulet of me I remember that scene The whole Right We've mentioned that Yeah
2: Yeah and because She now had Psy powers And she knew
1: how to use
2: them Already She was like Super powered Psy
1: now Oh yeah Because she had lost her powers And had like very little And it like that amulet mm-hmm. Got them all back And because all the rest of the Psy's Were wiped She was like the side.
2: Right. But normally if you were a sign, you put that thing on, you like your head would explode.
1: Yeah. The amulet of me.
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: I'm also thinking of the, uh, phantom toll booth. That was another gate. Um, it's a, it's an old, it's an old uh, story by Norman jester. Uh, yeah, I remember that when that kid drove his little toy car into the booth and ended up in, um, in a totally different place. (laughs) Fun little book, uh, you know, great great read for your
1: kids. I, w- I wouldn't know if this qualifies as a gate, but I mean, it's a artifact and it's in the Pathfinder, current Pathfinder game. It's an ultimate equipment. The Cloud Castle. Now, you could sit there and it was a, a huge, massive castle on top of clouds and you could sit in like the center tower and fly mm-hmm. around. It was also reputed that if you knew either, you know, you knew how to control it properly, you could also go through dimensions
0: oh wow hey you know and we I think you see, you've seen it Bruce and I've and I've seen it gate the Japanese uh, uh, manga slash light novel slash right. anime yeah it's a basically it's a it's a it looks like a uh, traditional Romanesque or Grecian grecian type temple opening and you drive through it drive you drive for like, like a couple of miles I think
2: yeah there's like a tunnel inside.
0: Yeah, and you come out in a, basically, your standard, bog-standard fantasy adventure world.
2: (laughs) They basically come out and say, "We we all came from other worlds and got dumped here through the same gate system. Yeah. You're just the latest ones to show up, and you're not the first humans to show up.
0: Yeah, which also means it closes.
2: But it doesn't say how soon it does. So
0: yeah, still waiting on the next manga to come out.
2: Yeah, but see, nobody there is controlling it. I mean, they don't even know how to control. They're just using it while it's open. And and you could have objects like that that are artifacts. They're just basically there, and they're doing something. Okay, and as long you know, and and you're right, you're you're reaping the benefits while they're there, and then someday it may just go away.
0: And, and, and I think also one last gate because it harks back to our Harry Potter episodes, which just got just got done running. The, the the special gate you have to use to get into the special train station.
1: Oh, the nine and three quarters, yeah.
0: Yep, nine and three quarters uh, gate.
1: Got to drive through that wall. Yep.
2: So, number E was automatically cast a certain spell or cause an effect on anyone who touches it or is close enough to it for at, at a certain time. I can't think of anything off the top of my head like that. Uh,
1: cause an effect on anyone who touches it, the corruption from the one ring. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause an effect. I'm, the more you wear it, the more. Yeah. It confers also longevity. Yeah. yeah. But.
0: At a cost
1: Yeah, well even Bilbo was starting to get a little Snarky and nasty Every once in a while, you know And he lived to be 111 Which mm-hmm. for hobbits is Way longer than they usually live Well there there was
2: another series that uses Things like that, and that was the Perry Rodin Series uh, one, uh, one of the things that they had were These amulets, and as long As you wore this amulet, you would Never age. People who were carrying It became known as the, you know the, the, the artifact carriers. This was introduced to the character very early, actually. And uh, and what he would do is anytime he was in a bad situation, he would take it and swallow it. He'd have to get somebody to cut it out of his stomach because it was too, it was too big for him to pass through his his digestive system. And he could regurgitate it. So someone would have to do some.
0: I hope it didn't have pointy bits on it.
2: No, it was it was an amulet, it was round and stuff like that. But somebody had to use pointy bits to dig in through his abdomen into his stomach to get it out. So he he mentioned the fact that he was really grateful for the fact he now lived in an age where they had such things as, you know, anesthetics and, and, and other things because, you know, even though this thing was, was good, you know, it, it didn't keep you know, it, it didn't keep him totally immune to disease. So you know you could get sepsis if you weren't careful with this kind of thing, but this was this was something that was like a a major uh, uh point in the in the in the storyline that there were these people that had them and people were seeking them out because originally in the series there was another artifact that it was this ray. And you got it would last forty years. You go and get under the ray, for, and then uh, forty years later, if you didn't get back and get another treatment, you would suddenly start rapidly aging. And so, and and, and wh- whoever had the power over, you know, who basically was considered to be the user of the ray could give it to his fellows, You'd let them use it. But he was the controller, and only one person could be the controller at a time, which is also very, you know very artifact like where the artifact basically says you know the, this is my master only my master can control me and nobody else until my master is destroyed in which case then we have a new I get it, I need a new master
0: yeah I actually'm also thinking of the uh, the holy fire from she you step into it once you'll live forever step in twice how old are you again <laughs> No, 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 the question, if, if you, you know, cause it only happens like once a thousand years, you step into a second time. How old are you again? A thousand years old. Yes, you are. And you die <laughs> more or less instantly <laughs> at that point. You can always go into it once. And that was the, an actual, that was the plot point in the, uh, in the, it go see the movie. She, it's, it's uh, it's great. Cause that's Ursula Andress in it.
2: All right. So, uh, let's see anything
0: else here. Um, what you described there is basically as a cursed item, because cursed items can be considered an artifact as well. And just just that one with no benefits.
2: Or their their benefits are very specific and everybody el- and and everybody else who uses it
0: thinks it's cursed. Elric's sword. Technically it's cursed. And he can't get rid of it. Am I correct?
2: Puts it away for years at a time if he would what, what he wanted to. Yeah, but could he get rid of it? I, I, it eventually
0: kills him. So I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. So the hard way. Yeah. But it's basically it's, it's you know, it's like oh, it like the guy who basically grabs the sword and realizes, oh crap! And I grabbed it with my offhand, who didn't I? <laughs> and he's stuck with a with a cursed magic sword. He can't let go.
2: <laughs> uh, an example from D anD D is that there's the sensor of summoning. Uh, Evil, uh, you know, uh, enraged elementals. Okay, so uh, it basically brings forth ele- these really top, the top of the chart elementals who just go on a rampage. Well, maybe that's what. Maybe that's what you want. Maybe this is this is like you know, uh, guaranteed. You know what, what is this? Um, no, mutual assured destruction. Yes. You know, so maybe that's what this thing was for. It was basically, it was created to keep everybody play nice because as soon as someone uses it, everybody dies. It's not cursed. It's doing exactly what it was supposed to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's because I, I, I play Minecraft and use various mods, it's a thing called Soul Bead. If you break it, uh, it summons mobs or monsters within 64 uh, uh, blocks of you. And they keep spawning for... I've got a certain period of time. I think like about for like three minutes and good luck staying alive in that situation. (sighs) You know, it's like, Oh, okay. This is where you wear your best armor. You have your best weapons and you, and you hopefully you're someplace where mobs can't spawn and you can sit there and snipe them while they keep showing up and attack you. But yeah.
2: Yeah. And if you survive it, you've gone up five levels.
0: Oh, you've gone up more than five levels. That's
2: I'm just
0: making it. I just, yeah. Yeah
2: another thing that that artifacts do is they make you immune to something mm. you know it makes you immune to uh hunger well hunger uh, it makes you immune to uh physical damage it's like you know it's it's kind of like the um altered reality set with the with the vampires where you take a sword, you stick it in the vampire, bring it back out. Like vampires, like, well, that didn't make any difference.
0: Yeah, uh, like uh, we just mentioned earlier in the in, in this podcast, Escal Escalibur scabbard makes you immune to bleeding, not yeah. to not the damage, but the bleeding.
2: <laughs> right. But it also might make you immune to fire, for example. You could walk, you know, you could walk into that volcano. It could be something that uh, keeps you alive when you're going through the, you know, the the, the darkness and, and, and desolation of space, outer space. I mean, it might be the thing that allows one race to go from one, you know, one world to another. It could be used a lot, you know. So it can make you immune. To, you know, it, it could be the ultimate defense. Is what I'm trying to say. You know, uh, ver- you know, and it could be very specific, or it could be very general. It could be like no harm can come to me as long as I, you know, hold this, you know, wear this ring, hold this scepter, whatever, you know. But you're just one per, you're just one person. It doesn't mean that they can't, you know, collapse the, yeah, uh, uh, you know, collapse the world around you. As a matter of fact, that's pretty much what they did at the end of um, um, Alias, right? You know, the 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 head bad guy. He, you know, spoilers folks. Uh, he, he gains immortality and everything. And she says, okay, fine. you be immortal. And she collapses the entire cavern down on top of him.
0: Yeah. Or in this one web comic, seal you in magma. <laughs> You're immune. You can't be burned. But guess what? We put you at the bottom of a magnum pool hundred feet deep and we're waiting for it to cool off. <laughs> it's going to take a while to get out of there. <laughs> Oh, ow!
2: <laughs> you know, a- anytime you've got one of those things, there's always a way of defeating it. But you know, the 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 point is, is that it can give you a huge advantage when you know everyone thinks that you know that they they got you, but it turns out you know the invulnerable coat of iron is a good example of that. You know, mm. yeah. That unless you get hit in a specific location, you know, you you never take any damage.
0: Well, like. Like you mention a ring? Well, guess where the weak spot is the the right the finger sticking out away from the ring is not yeah. protected <laughs> you know everything else behind the ring is protected, but everything in front of the ring <laughs> it can come off <laughs> so yeah you know or or like it basically it's the, it's the smog weakness it's that one little scale that's not there, yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, and we've seen that in, in, in books, you know. There's all, you know. There's always some little Achilles heel. Yeah, yeah. But the main thing here, you know, is that it's, uh, you know, is that it confers a massive benefit to you, uh, that, you know, in, in the case of a, a defense, you know, you're 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 immune to disease, which would be really great if you're in the Middle Ages, you know, and everyone's dying of the plague around you, okay. Uh, and you're a doctor and you have to go into those tuberculin wards, you know, or whatever it might be. You know, it's the zombie, the zombie apocalypse happens. Okay, be nice to have that one, you know, be the, the person that has that one thing that keeps you know this, that sort of thing from happening.
0: Actually, I'm thinking of of a, a literature one where th- that happens, but there's a downside to that, and, and that's the picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah. He does just fine. Unfortunately, he becomes fairly uh, blase and uncaring and cruel, and it all shows in his picture. But as long as he doesn't see his picture, he's just fine.
2: <laughs> he's able to compartmentalize
0: everything. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and actually, I've read the, the, the story of Dorian Gray, and, and frankly, the movies that they've made afterwards have, have,
1: have really ramped it up a lot higher than... the. Well, yeah, between... The League mm-hmm. of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and then the series Penny Dreadful.
0: Yeah, well, I'm thinking yeah. about some of the th- things were filmed back in the 40s and 50s. Uh, uh, there are some classics there. Uh, where, yeah, I mean, if you, if you type in picture of Dorian Gray, the picture, the, the, the one picture that will come up is from that is from that movie. Yeah,
2: it's it's a horrendous picture, and they did the same thing in one of the Night Gallery episodes. Hmm. But the point is, is that, you know, the, the, I mean, the, the picture is lurid about how nasty it is. You know, uh, but, when, but really, you know, it's, it's, it's the fact that, you know, he, he saw upon the, uh, upon the picture every sin he'd ever committed. And that was what he couldn't stand. It wasn't the fact that the visage was so horrible. It's the fact that when he looked upon it, he knew the truth about himself and he couldn't deny it. And that was what that was what destroyed him, and caused him to destroy it, because he simply couldn't face it anymore. And or yeah, so. But that's uh, you know, but like I said, that's that's a real kind of you know, that's I guess that's a good artifact, you know, because it does have a, a real da- a downside to it. You know, it's not all benefit. But being able to really um, ignore you know certain things would, would be really nice. I mean, would be you know that those. Um, all those blessed St. Christopher medals that supposedly were going to stop bullets. Okay, wouldn't it be great if they actually worked?
0: Or, or those ghost shirts? They were. Oh, the, yeah, the,
1: the I forget the
0: Navajo. No Navajo. Uh, actually, ghost shirts is a, actually a fairly common trope. It turns out. I think there was also was an African uh, group that also had had something similar. That you know, special shirts that would make them bulletproof. Didn't but you know if they had oh that would have been you know the british and the american and the american and the cowboys would have been really surprised oh, yeah. about that <laughs> well not cowboys the uh, the troopers cavalry Calvary, yeah yeah
2: and um, so that's, uh, I think that's pretty much everything that we had listed for artifacts about what artifacts do. Well, you got
0: F and G, so one, we, we, we sort of ended that.
1: talked about that act as a spell battery. We talked about FG negate certain spells? No, we really didn't touch on that.
2: Well, I was just talking about where basically it gives you an, uh, 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 confers some kind of immunity. Oh, okay, yeah either to spells...
0: Or it just prevents spells. I mean, you could have an artifact of no, ma- of no magic. It basically just says, hey, hey, magic ain't happening around this thing. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, if you had, for example, um, you know, let's say you had a maze that used a lot of, like, force fields and things like that, and you had, a, you had an artifact, a sword, a lightsaber, whatever you wanted to talk about, and you could cut through those, negate them. You know, basically that's That's the sort of thing that, you know, or, you know, there's just the, you know, the, 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 the mage is casting at you and, and basically you just kind of hold this forth and it, it just, you know, it, the effect disappears as it gets close to you, you know, and, and you, you don't have to worry about everyone around you is dying and shriveling and everything else, but you're fine.
0: Everything's cool. Magic. What's magic. Nice to be me. <laughs> Stay close to me. Oh, by the way, it's 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 it is literally personal. So you ha- would have to be me. So sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, and and they would do stuff like that. In a, there's a lot of um, uh, Chinese movies um, where the, the, like they had these guys. They, they were all all had a certain immunity. Like one guy had skin that was hard as iron until they basically um, boiled it off of him. I think. Ow. They, they 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 did something that peeled him out of it out of his own skin you know and and uh and, and and of course he was much weaker after that and then someone else had like a foot that could break stone you know it was like and there there's a whole movie about all these guys each one of them has like a special ability a special part, body part you know that somehow has you know has been conferred with some special ability
0: not to be confused with kung fu hustle
2: no No, that was much later. But a great movie. I really enjoyed that. This is Bruce Sheffer saying, there are a million, million worlds out there, so go
0: explore them. This is John Ryer saying, keep your powder dry and keep
1: those cards and letters coming in.
0: This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next.
1: And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the tri tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at tri tech Games. And if you don't, we'll be having your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers.